0: <laughs> hesitation. Um, cheers. Che- oh, cheers. Let's cheers. have a little beer. Thanks for having me on.
1: I don't know, I might cut it off in 10 minutes if, you just bore, if you're just boring me. <laughs> like, no, no pressure. <laughs> joking, joking. That's okay, I can I run away home then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need
0: to sweat anymore. Um, 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 no, the Navy. I miss um, the pace. Yeah. Uh, I do miss the variety of life, and not necessarily knowing where you're going to be in six months. I liked that side of things. Um, But I don't miss being a weekend warrior, driving 400 miles a weekend, having to answer to people who are just idiots but have got a bit of rank, not being treated like a a normal human being, you know. You know how it is. So, no, I don't miss it. I miss uh, some people, my people.
1: What did you join up for then?
0: Uh, you won't believe this. My friend joined as a marine engineer. She was a car mechanic. So she wanted me to go with her to the AFCO, Swansea AFCO, for the interview for a bit of support. AFCO? Armed Forces Career Office.
1: I've never heard that abbreviation before. No, okay.
0: the like recruitment centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had one yep. um, in town, didn't they? Yeah. And and she was getting interviewed. I was looking at all the pictures. I was like, this looks so cool. I want to snowboard and jump out of planes and stuff. I Didn't do any of that. But, yeah, I joined with her as a marine engineer for the crack because <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do. How old were you then? 18. Yeah. Um, and she didn't end up joining. She chickened out. And you did So don't. I went solo, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's how. I never... None of my family military. I never grew up wanting to be in a uniform. Some people like they're born knowing that like, they want a life in the forces, don't they?
1: Some people and some people don't have a choice.
0: Some people—is oh, that what happened to you? <laughs> no, no. Oh, it sounded like me. there was something no, in your eyes. No, oh <laughs> no,
1: sorry, no. I mean, um, you get people who are born into a military family as ne- and as expectation. And they I think have that's to awful.
0: Go. It's really sad because some well, people just aren't suited to that lifestyle, but have that pressure.
1: Yeah, but there are some circumstances with the, with the uh, upper middle class and, and the upper class, should we say, where you get, especially the officers in, in certain army mm. units or certain circumstances, and there is inheritance or an easy life waiting for them. They've got money, they've got jobs they can go into, they've got companies they can yeah. take over. But they are not allowed to do that until they prove that they are, it, until they prove themselves in some way, and that way has to be through the military because that's what they're. Their fathers and their grandfathers, yeah. and their grandfathers' fathers, fathers did. You know, which, yeah. that's quite admirable in a way.
0: Yeah, I guess so. There's also a lot of admirable. wealth, isn't there? You can see that people are born with a silver spoon. Yeah. Like so how did
1: you end up choosing what you wanted to do within the Navy then? What, how does it work?
0: So, my sister's electrical engineer. And I thought, if she's an engineer, I could be an engineer. She
1: was an electrical engineer in the Navy? No,
0: No, just every side. Yeah. She was really good. She got headhunted to go to Dubai and all sorts. She's very clever. Um, so that's how I ended up on the engineering path. I was a roofer before I joined as well, so I know I like labour. A roofer? <laughs> yeah, really? I know. Nobody believes it. Yeah, I still love it. Not for long. Um, just love being outside and like, manual graft. So I just thought, oh, yeah, that sounds about right joined absolutely hated it hated being an engineer awful
1: in the navy
0: yeah really Why? i only did six months and then i transferred to be a medic
1: what was your day-to-day like as, a, as a, an engineer in the navy a i didn't engineer?
0: i only i did the training and i was like that is not for me i'm not dedicating my life to this then transferred to be a medic because i liked i had a taste of forces life and i liked it i liked the money even though it was nothing but it was more than i'd ever earned before um, so yeah, flipped it because medical world is like engineering for the bodies. And not You find a problem, you fix the problem. So I transferred it over then, and that's went from there. And then from there, I did <laughs> six years as a medic, but got quite bored because it was by the time I qualified, you know, like the periods of conflict were all over. They weren't taking you overseas. Um,
1: when did you qualify?
0: When? 2013. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But like you do your, this is going to be a bit boring to talk about like your training, but part four is wherever you get assigned to generally is where you stay then as a qualified medic. So if we went to CLR, Commando Logistics Regiment, then you'd be with the bootnecks, then you'd go on like land ops. But I got stuck in a sick bay in Portsmouth. That's where I ended up staying for five, six years. It was quite boring. So that's when I then researched and learned about ODPing. And that's what I do now. So transferred again in the Navy, which is Operating Department Practitioner. Nobody, nobody knows about us. Okay, <laughs> hang on. let come
1: back. Right, so it's okay. So <laughs> where, were you when you did your tra- where were you when you did your training?
0: Which training?
1: The first in the Navy, the first six months when you were in the engineering.
0: HMS Sultan, which is in Portsmouth, Gosport in Portsmouth.
1: And no, I said, so naval base. Yeah. I get really, co- just, just to pre-warn you, I get really confused. Right. And people are trying to teach me. Okay. Navy, Navy people. Yeah. Friends uh-huh. are trying to teach me. <laughs> when you say HMS Sultan, for example. I it's not ship. I immediately think ship. No, it's not a ship. I, no, ship. A ship. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> I know swampy. that it's not. No, that's why I have to ask, clarify. <laughs> and then I know that maybe, is it classed as a naval base? Yeah, naval right. base. Right, okay. Because there's all sorts of different things. It crazy is confusing. Things. It's very and confusing. it is
0: strange. I don't know why they do it. There'll be a reason. I don't know why they do it, though. And then my medical stuff is my first base was HMS Nelson. Again, massive it's the naval dockyard in Portsmouth, huge. I've been there, I think. Probably. I went there, for a, I went there for a wedding randomly. Oh no. Yeah, yeah <laughs> oh. I went there for a wedding, yeah. Uh, I mean that's nice.
1: Yeah, on the on the camp. Yeah. On the base, yeah. It was alright.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it I was don't know. A good fun, it was good fun. Good. Oh, I'm sure it would have been. I would just never get married on a base. No. No I, way.
1: Uh, cheap.
0: But yeah. if they're happy, they're happy and good for them.
1: Yeah. Although well, no, it's a positive thing, I say it's cheap. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they're oh no, they're divorced. Yeah, they're divorced, yeah. Oh. Long time ago. <laughs>
0: Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that happens.
1: Yeah. yeah. So HMS Nelson for the medical training.
0: Well, the training is tri service. So that's in Keo Barracks in Aldershot. Yeah. Um absolute shithole. Are oh, you allowed to swear? Yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <So> well, you <laughs> have to know, damn it. Um yeah, so it's Army Barracks. So that was the training. That's over a year. I think it's 70-something weeks. And then you all disperse and go to your relative service, RAF, Navy, Army. So that's when I went to HMS Nelson. How
1: long are you done with the Navy before you went there and trained there? Which barracks? Cleo barracks. Keo barracks. Keo barracks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Keo um, barracks. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Authors I've been on there a couple of times. Apart. I've been
1: there a couple of times, yeah. yeah. Um. How long were you with the Navy before when you went there?
0: So I did six months as an engineer. And then
1: you went to Keogh.
0: Yeah, and then my options were to finish the engineering training, do a ship draft, and then put in to transfer, or leave and reapply, and that's what I did. So I left for 18 months. 18 months and three days, because I had to do basic training again, if you're out for more than 18 months.
1: Hang on, you couldn't just transfer?
0: No, they wouldn't let you. Because they you were, were still in so training. Well, and they wouldn't release, I couldn't get the manning clearance from the engineering branch. Why? Uh, so w- there's always been a shortage of engineers and then a female engineer oh. as well. They want it for your numbers. Oh. So it was, they offered me a commission and everything to stay in. They offered to put me through uni. I was like, I am not doing it. Let me go. So you get your six months, don't you, to, <laughs> I don't know if it's the same for the army. You get six months, you and you can PVR voluntary in, release. In training. Mm. So you get a six months grace period where you can go anytime. So I waited until the last day of my six months, and I was like, right, I'm off skis. I can't do it.
1: There is a period of time. I don't know how long it is. Mm. I don't know. Um, I don't know how much it. Okay, so you left and had to leave for eighteen months.
0: Yeah, to start the application process all again.
1: So you were out for eighteen months. And
0: three days, and it was the three days that fucked me because I had to do basic again.
1: Why did you wait? <laughs> oh, because the application process. Yeah, just the so application
0: long. process. I had to do all the psychometrics testing and fitness and all that again, even though they had everything.
1: That's ridiculous. That's
0: when the fuckery began. Was that
1: were Capita <laughs> in charge then?
0: I don't know who was in charge. I of don't know. recruitment,
1: Capita. Maybe. I think they were then. Yeah. I um, in fact, they won hundred percent. Were yeah. They were in charge because so they were Muppets. 2011 Muppets. to
0: 2013, that whole period was.
1: Yeah. I remember going to uh, join the TA mm-hmm. to continue my pension. That was around 2012, 2013. I'm pretty sure it was, was it Capita? And they, there was no, they were, th- they were following a process for my application that just wasn't, it didn't make, it. It wasn't applicable to someone who'd served before, right? It was because i have been out a certain amount of time. they treat treating you as a new recruit, uh, but it was, like, it no. And I understand some elements of it. Yeah. Other parts, I think this is fucking stupid. This, you just like so many barriers in place. It you need people to join. Right. You yeah. know, they're the recruitment and retention problem as well. Anyway, I digress. Right, eighteen months out. So, eight. What were you doing in eighteen months?
0: Um. Well, because I knew that I would be going back to the navy. Cause I really like that lifestyle. Um, I just fill in the time. I had a couple of bar jobs. Uh, that's where I started working. Not in Ponty. Ca- P- I've worked in five different pubs in Ponty. Oh my god! Have you ever been to the Pink? The Pink Geranium. It's like Mordor. door. Like you must have a different Earth. name. Awful. Must have had a different
1: name before. I haven't been out in Ponty for a few, years, fair few years. <laughs> I love Fonty. Uh, it's good crap. It's it so good. good. Yeah. yeah, it's good it's for like all the wrong reasons. like going to
0: the zoo, like yeah. just <laughs> descending down into that little village. It's <laughs> brilliant. People watching never disappoints. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I used to work in the pink, in the castle. Did you ever go to the castle? Yeah. Um, was like, I was weird about that, though. He would watch back the security footage of the girls and get try and get them to sit on his lap and all sorts. What do you
1: mean? What girls?
0: The waitress, the bar staff.
1: He used to watch footage back.
0: Of the security footage, just watch the girls. And he'd make them all wear skirts. I only did two shifts. I was like, that is me done.
1: Well, the skirts is not unusual in a pub, is it?
0: Mm. You had to wear them. That's odd, enforcing it. Skirts or trousers, isn't it? Should be. Yeah. (laughs) i have an opinion okay well (laughs) keep it (laughs) no i no
1: No, if you if you look at it it's like it's like why do it's like a uniform okay so
0: (sighs) there should always be the choice whether you wear skirts or trousers Yes I, quite often yes, I, yes I agree. Yes yes yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. the man's view and pleasure. No, which I, is I, exactly I, what it was with that guy. I
1: I agree with I agree with that this should be a choice. Yeah. What I'm saying is from a for if you go from pure business perspective, reject yeah. all morality, pure business perspective and and you're a bar owner and you you just you you like this guy you just said and you think, "Hmm, what what is one of the things that would help uh, increase people into my pub?" People are gonna spend money and drink, men, and and keep them coming back. And I can guarantee you that if the women in that bar are attractive or and or um <laughs> I was going to say scantily clad. Not scantily clad. They got the legs out. You know. It's like, but know. It's, no. No. I agree with just, you. Like, I Just completely to back up my you. point on it. Yeah. Why is Hooters so fucking successful? Because men are it's stupid. It's not. <laughs> it's not because because what? Nothing. <laughs> Lizards. <laughs>
0: no okay, i completely you know. agree with sex sells of course it does men
1: and women men and women and women yeah it's like different thing different things make tick
0: anyway yeah
1: thinking my own grave there, I? anyway
0: i worked in the castle so 18 months he did some bars the there's a creepy guy yeah yeah worked yeah. yeah. in the pink worked in the butchers um the grackle. i think i just said that and another one but yeah ponty's great so I did that worked in the care assist- uh, as a care assistant sorry
1: move your chat left there you go. So when you lean right which you do all the time you will be over the mic. Okay. Sorry. Sorry.
0: <laughs> is this okay? Yeah. Right, I can lean now, is so. it? Go on. Um Yeah, that's when I first started working in care homes as well, just to get a bit of hands-on practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you like this edge with you looking you did, at you did, screen. We
1: moved the mic and now you're going <laughs> like this. You
0: moved it even further. <laughs> <laughs> it's an obstruction, isn't the it? Mic. Is it? in my ve- Okay. Oof, in my way. Speak sorry. into the mic. Yeah. Okay.
1: There you go. Right go on
0: and worked hey, a, care work a care assistant, and then also did a foundation diploma in art and design, because art's always been a hobby, and I'm, I've always been keen on furthering yourself, better education. And like, I knew I had over a year to wait, so I enrolled on this course in Swansea Uni, so I did that during the day, working in the evenings and on the weekends. Yeah, kept busy.
1: Yeah. I'm. I would have half expected you not to want to go back when you were when you went to Keogh right, mm. and you you you'd already had that experience of being in, in the navy, even though it was in in training at H M um, S.
0: Yeah, that's it, Sultan. H M S. Sultan. In Sultan.
1: Paltzmer. Um When you went to Kio and it was tri services, mm. what was it like working alongside the Army and the RAF? Because they are vastly different. So cultures. different.
0: Well, I had no idea it was so different. Night
1: and day. I'd only
0: known Navy. There were no other people on Sultan. It was solely Navy. Oh, and Network Rail, randomly. They did the training there as well. (laughs) 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 They're a whole different breed themselves. Um, It's a lot more shouty, the army. A lot more animalistic.
1: Animalistic? (laughs) Animalistic? What do you mean, animalistic?
0: Like, did men would just like beat their chest and shout louder to be heard rather than use common sense in a conversation?
1: Okay, I'm offended. Go on.
0: No, I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend <laughs> I'm you. I'm joking. I'm joking. Not Go on. Not everybody, but no. just the general... Like, how business is done is not necessarily all that sensible, I found, with the army.
1: Give me an example. Oh my God come on
0: you give me a, too a, much. Hang on a minute. you put
1: yourself on the spot by coming <laughs> to the studio so uh, you must have been at there must have been times when in that training you think this is ridiculous okay Why i can
0: I can think of one now, it. and I usually freeze when I'm put on the spot so Whew. um we do <laughs> part of the training you do care under fire and yeah. you get your uh, what is it called amputees in action mm-hmm. amazing people, so many good stories. Where they dress up all the wounds, etc., and we're supposed to be, you know, with our rifles, aren't we? But they double booked the armory, so some other lads had the weapons.
1: Oh, the amount of times the armory is part of a shit story from, uh, <laughs> like, a, a, a story of shitness from the army. Go on, yeah. <laughs> army was double booked.
0: So yeah. they had like all the pyrotechnics, everything going on, um, but we had to just like have sticks as weapons and go bang, 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 bang. Actual sticks. And people were throwing pine cones as grenades. Actual sticks. Actual twigs.
1: Oh, my God.
0: It was awful. I was like, just rearrange the schedule. Like, just swap the schedule out. We'll do this another day. Oh, my God. No common I've never heard something like that before. No, really? I'm telling you, Oh, I've heard it before, yeah.
1: Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just twigs and launching pine cones.
1: That is ridiculous. As a (laughs) grenade. That is ridiculous. (laughs) Damn, it's oh,
0: it's so funny! I just thought, I like, just really felt for these like casualties that have given up, volunteered their time. They must be thinking, "What is this shit show? Of us going bang, bang, bang."
1: Well, are <laughs> well, they getting paid?
0: Oh, they get paid! Oh yeah. Oh, I thought it was a volunt- um, voluntary, voluntary no, no, thing. No, no, they
1: get paid. Oh, good. Yeah, they, yeah,
0: paid, they yeah. do a great job. <laughs> yeah, they, get paid. they get really into it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they've been through it. They've lived that experience of losing the limb. Yeah, right?
0: they have. You know. Yeah, we had um, some young ladies as well, like in their 20s, um, from RTAs and stuff as well.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, goodness it was great chatting with them. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's one example I can think off the top of my well,
1: head. Well, the r idea. I remember my first time around the Navy. Mm. How was that? Oh,
0: no, you're going to give it back to me now, aren't you? <laughs> no, well, maybe. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. Um, it was in the Falklands. Mm. Went out there. It was t- it was two thousand and two. It was like twenty years since the Falklands conflict, and a bunch of stuff. The, we were all getting ready for. At one point, we were all getting ready for the ceremonies, parade, and all that in Stanley, and we ended up we being um, a company of no s- some some blokes from a company of Edge. Yeah, we ended up in a big hangar. It was Tri Services. Everyone was there, and we were getting our heads down for the night. And that is the first time ever I was in close proximity to sailors. Yeah. Oh my God. Oui. I despised. <laughs> I despite we all despised them because Does it were
0: be all fat and lazy. Because that's quite. No, kind. no, no. It was
1: <laughs> th- it, because they were so far from what we were, so mm. far from what we perceived the military to be. So Well, they I were mean, like,
0: army is one thing, and then P company. They
1: were well. Th- another, it, but then the they, they were Navy's like we. We were looking at them off. like they were. They were. Civvy children. Now, I remember... Because you can over your <laughs> conversations going on. Yeah. And even the way they were speaking. You know, it's, a, it's the same as you go into a, a change rooms of a rugby club. Or go mm. into a rugby club. Yeah. Go into old M's, And your conversation's going on, on there between anyone in there, male or female. And then you... Like, do an assessment of that. And then you go into... I don't know. Um, a, a teacher's flipping staff room and listen to the conversation mm. there. Very, very, very different. different. Very different. Like, from levels of voice to what the conversations are about to the way people interact with each other you mentioned posture and stuff you know just now uh animalistic i think you said but w- <laughs> so we looked at them and we were like what what mm. the how are these even in the military this is yeah. crazy it was so so far removed uh, yeah i despise them immediately yeah but fair down enough. the line yeah but down the line it's like this conversation it's a t- completely different cultures and they're different there's different requirements yeah. for individuals. And there's different requirements for teams and the way to interact. But you look at the RAF. When I, My first sort of realisation of that as a mature person thinking about it years on from that experience in Port Stanley was so my sister's in, in the military. And she, she... So I remember in her bedroom at a parent's place there's a poster on the wall Oh, this is when she was a cadet, actually. Anyway, it was from Lynham, R.E.F. Lynham. And it was, like, branded like it was a corporate entity. And it was was Team (laughs) Lynham and a shooting star. Team Lynham, shooting star. And it was all very... You know, you go, oh, my God. No, you're military. What is this gayness? You know what I mean? It's (laughs) just
0: like, what? You can't say that. Yeah,
1: you know what I mean. Um, So very different. That's why I wanted to ask. I thought, what was your your thought about that? Hmm. I think
0: of all the services... Having worked with the RAF, that's the best one to be in. It's what, so the RAF? relaxed. Yeah, they they are civvies, aren't they? In <sighs> an outfit, it's brilliant.
1: But so you're relaxed well, like, alone. I, you can yeah, do Yeah, but there's probably parts of it which are not. It, well, there are parts of it which are not. Yeah, you know, it's cool. like because you see, I wonder why that difference is between an RAF and the Navy. Because I can understand why the army is so different. Mm. It's a different thing. Like like having to be a soldier on the ground is a different thing. Um, but I wonder why the RAF and Navy so far apart. Because the Navy, I wonder, is because maybe it's specifically to do with how important discipline is. Hmm. There's one big factor. Yeah. For example, discipline in the art, like the, the the impact of not having a disciplined force who will do what you tell it to do without hesitation. Yeah. Now, army. Yeah, obvious, obvious repercussions there if you don't. Navy, mm. ships, obvious repercussions there if you don't. I don't know. I'm literally thinking out loud. They're Is probably Navy area people screaming at me now.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's in the Navy M- more recently. It's definitely encouraged to have your own opinion and your own thoughts. But then my, my military experience would be very different to yours being medical. We work with civilians every day. So you're a lot more integrated with the civilian population.
1: Because you're in hospitals. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <coughs> and you've got um, local doctors, local nurses in, in every practice now, almost every practice. Um, so it's... And with the medical side, you're like fault-finding. You have to... You can, you'll always have somebody to refer a patient on to, but you'll, you need to have your own thoughts to diagnose a patient, don't you? So that's encouraged. So again, that's how our experience will be very different.
1: Yeah, because the responsibility for dealing with the patient comes comes down to the individual doing it right. You're basically working on your own. Mm.
0: Hmm, I've not done any remote medical stuff, but I've run like the treatment rooms and the bays and everything. You get some serious patients and you have to make decisions fairly quickly. On your own.
1: So why the move to ODP?
0: Um, I always had in mind an exit strategy, and that was it. So the medical world, I naively thought that you would get your paramedic qualification, and this is how a lot of CMTs, medical assistants, RAF medics, get caught short and end up trapped in the military, is because the um, qualification you get isn't transferable to the outside. Um, So... The me- the, as a medical assistant, it just wasn't ticking the boxes for me. It wasn't enough. I wanted more knowledge because um, it's quite a it's a, it's a, it's a basic level of medicine. Um, yeah, and that was it. It was a free qualification. The Navy put you through university, which is fantastic. And I wanted something to do on the outside. I wanted to know that I would be safe and get a, a well-paid job when I leave as well
1: so does can you not get paramedic qualification when you serve it?
0: no not as
1: I thought CMT 2 was oh, CMT I
0: again I don't know about the army oh, it's but ma- in the army navy the, yeah, yeah, you um, get your medical assistant I'm not sure what I think it's just level 3 This aid you get keep, keep talking um, and you can do everything a paramedic can I mean you cannulate, you catheterize, you do phlebotomy, but you're just not allowed to do it on civvies, and you ha- you just have to do all of your training again.
1: Hmm. We like to cannulate yourselves when you were when when you were training, uh, yeah. we training did. Your teaching, yeah. yeah.
0: You're yeah. not supposed to, but you do.
1: No, we used to do the same thing. Oh, yeah. I thought we would stopped at some point.
0: So you did medical?
1: No, team medic stuff.
0: Yeah. Team just medic. team yeah, yeah, just
1: basic team medic stuff. But we go in a classroom and
0: yeah, it's you're not supposed category, to, that, but no. I think everybody does. Something. Yeah, I think it's
1: all right <laughs> with small groups, I'm not on, on mass. Some no group Muppets. No. Mm. Mm. So, how did you have the foresight to? Well, why why did you always have an exit plan in mind? Because you said you wanted to join up. You said you want. It doesn't sound like you wanted to be there for the long game, though.
0: No. And, and how did you have the
1: foresight to realize how people are leaving? Or people leave and not have anything that's transferable. Because that's often something that people don't realize until way down the line at the end of a 20-year career yeah. or, 15, you know, or 15 years into like a 22-year career, or when it's too late and they're out.
0: I think um, I observed a lot of that. And I think I learned from other people's mistakes and not having that foresight to have a plan. Like you always have to have a plan even if it's not necessarily a good one. You just have to feather your nest and be ready. I don't know. I don't know, to me it wasn't, it didn't take much thinking. I just knew that there needed to be something. Mm. And I'd seen really fantastic medics who'd had a service of over 15, 20 years, c- not able to do anything. They c- All they could do would be a healthcare assistant, which is minimum wage and it's backbreaker work. And have nothing, even though they will have done all their hair and everything. And done incredible life-saving treatment. I just didn't want to be in that position.
1: Mm, oh, yeah, I wonder why there's not... You, you would think there, sh- there would be, like, fast tracks for ex-military... You would, and you there, there might be... It's the same with pilots, you know. Yeah? So... Um, a helicopter pilot in the military when they leave they haven't got a helicopter license no? they, they haven't got license to fly helicopters in Sippy Street
0: no I'm really not jo- I'm not
1: joking yeah I've interviewed a few yeah, I've got, a, I I got no one who's a good friend as well Yeah. Well, you, would you, fly, be, you would have you
0: thought that you can fly
1: you would have thought it's the same yeah you would have thought it's the same or at least there would be some kind of fast track where you go through you'd maybe learn some things about you know air regulations that you th- wouldn't yeah, know I when you're in or you need refreshing on to prove you it's like having a—it's ha- like having a foreign driving license coming to the mm. UK. And go, I want to drive in the UK. You're oh, okay, prove, prove you can. Yeah, but not the full drive. Oh. Well, maybe the full driving test. Oh, I don't know actually. Am I contradicting myself here?
0: I don't know how it works.
1: Mm, <laughs> I didn't know either. But you see my point.
0: Yeah, that is—that is surprising. I didn't know that about mm. pilots, because they do it as a retention thing to keep them to keep you in the forces for as long as you can.
1: Oh, that's why you reckon it is.
0: Yeah. That's what I think.
1: Because hmm.
0: you spend a year, your training is for the Navy side is nearly a year and a half. By the time you do your part fours, you're coming up to two years. You're competent, but then you can't be asked to leave and do all of that again when you know it all to get your civvy accreditations. That's what I think.
1: Oh, you might be right there. Because if, let's say, if you rent, want to join the Med, med Corps, or be an avian, be a medic in the navy, mm. and you knew that you could become a paramedic within two years, three years. The equivalent to do that in civvy street—that's college, that's university.
0: Yeah, yeah, because you have to get all or your UCAS points that's college before you that's think that's about debt. it. Yeah,
1: so you go, I'm going to join up, take a risk, of not going to get sent anywhere and shot at mm-hmm. or bombed or whatever torpedoed and <laughs> get my paramedic qualifications then pull up in and leave. Yeah. That is interesting.
0: So with the ODP when you 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 can do the degree but the Navy pay for your diploma it's a year less it saves them money um, but you have to do three years return service for exactly that reason because it's a lot of people's exit plans because it's a no-brainer isn't it? Like exactly like what you just said going to get this civvy accredited qualification no you can leave to a band five band six job which quite often would pay better than your junior ranks in the military so it seems obvious
1: mm. when did you decide to pull the, when did you decide to pull the pin and leave
0: um long,
1: no, have you have so not been out that long no so
0: it's 10 months i've been a dirty civ before oh my god i know i'm new why, I think this it was world.
1: Longer? Why did I think it was longer than that? Ten months is nothing.
0: I know. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, 2021, I think. 2021, I decided. Pandemic. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just wasn't proud of it anymore. I wasn't proud of the uniform I was wearing. Why? There, There is some personal things that happened... There's somebody else. So so my ex, he was also forces. And it just repulsed me. And I couldn't, I just couldn't put the uniform anymore on anymore. And I think I was a bit too outspoken as well. And, yeah.
1: Circumstances, just, you don't have to go into it. Yeah. Circumstances get mishandled, which you thought it should be handled in a different way.
0: Yeah, uh, yes, most definitely. Um, and the people, so when I... Got So I got to petty officer, senior rank, and I thought I What's could... equivalent to petty officer? Uh, Sergeant.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. I, ju-
0: I don't know. I just thought it would be better, and you could make more of a positive change and help people, but there's just so many restrictions, and you're up against so many hard-nosed people that have always done it this way, and if you try and deviate, problem-solve anything, if you deviate from the norm... You're poo pooed. You get a bit creative with any of your problem solving. They don't like it because you want to bring in change. It just doesn't go down well. And I couldn't beat them, so and I definitely didn't want to join them either. So it just wasn't serving me anymore.
1: Do you think that's an that's an institutional problem in the navy, or was it specific to where you were, what you were working in?
0: I no. I think it's institutional. Yeah, or? it's a long-standing problem, and it is being addressed slowly, but. We're a long, long way off. I think the Navy... I can't speak for the... um in the RAF, but the Navy talks a good talk about advocacy for women, LGBT, being current, but really it's, it's, n- it's not there. They talk a good talk. They've got all the fancy posters, but there is a lot of resistance to change.
1: Interesting.
0: And a lot of resistance to common sense as well, <laughs> I find.
1: Why do you think that's the case?
0: Why don't... Well, you get you get people who've done a job for twenty years, and they, I don't know they would have got promoted after ten years. they have sat on their ass. They don't need to change. They don't need to change anything. They're happy to take their pay packet home. <laughs> Do you have? Did you find that in your career?
1: No, because I I'm just you're making me think some things. You actually. Oh yeah, go on. So no, I did. I I joined in two thousand. I left in two thousand eleven. Okay. Right. Um, but we're interested about your point there about someone who's been in for like 20 years. If you consider how different things are now, mm. things being corporate or military, uh, not corporate, so, like socially, so, so, uh, so in society, yep. in the corporate world, corporate social responsibility, for example, and all these things affect military. It's the mm. same thing, right? How different they are now to what they were twenty years ago. Yeah. It's almost as if we're so drastically different to what we were twenty years ago compared to the previous twenty years. So the difference between nineteen, yeah, let's say the difference between nineteen eighty and two thousand. Yeah. Is much less than the difference between two thousand and twenty twenty, for example. Oh yeah, it's a huge difference. Unrecognisable. Crazy in so many ways. Sorry. Kicking. (laughs) Uh, In so many ways. So maybe that means that, for those individuals who are in their twenty-year twenty-year careers, excuse me, have grown into positions of power in whichever unit service they're in, mm. if they are individuals who are particularly resistant to change, predict, particularly fond of maintaining tradition and is particularly close-minded and not wanting to. Um, what, not, not wanting to accept that sometimes, even if something's working well or something's working, it's always been done that way, it doesn't mean it can't be improved upon for good reasons. Yeah. It means that if they've got those people, then their impact is much bigger in a negative way because they are stuck in 20 years ago. Yeah. They are stuck in, which might as well be the 1500s as we are and now. And
0: it's like, this thing that's worked for them all of their, like their lifespan of the military. So it doesn't need to change. Well, look, yeah, you just get stuck in that right, don't you? Like some people do, and will take change, or the suggestion of changing how business is done, personally as well, a slight on their character because they've done it that one way.
1: Yeah, yeah, agree. Yeah, difficult, difficult, especially in the military as well, because I don't know what it's like in the navy, but in the in the, in the army, a lot of the posts that you're in, the positions you go into, they're only for a couple of years. Like yes. two years. Yeah. And you move it on. Yeah. So, it's a little bit like politics, mm. where the, the Prime Minister's only in for five years. So, you know, you know that there's a very small chance that they're a really decent person who is able to and wants to plan for the country in 15 years' time. Yeah. And the platoon commander, for example, you know, in army speak, the platoon commander or the company commander is someone who's there. And wants to make good changes for the good of that company yeah. in five years' time. <laughs> when they're gonna be moving on in two.
0: And I just yeah. I just don't think people care that much
1: bringing you this podcast today are the Aardvark Group. Founded in 1982, Aardvark has established itself as a major player in its field. Renowned for its exceptional technology and innovative propositions, have supported countless defence ministries, the humanitarian and NGO sectors, and commercial operators in theatres of war and post-conflict environments around the world. Aardvark is foremost a humanitarian organization working to help rid the world of the explosive remnants of war. Their technologies are uniquely developed by operators for operators, which ensures that every product, system or platform that they provide conforms to the essential criteria of st- stability, survivability and reliability. Aardvark know that to have a truly lasting positive impact, their technologies must be cost effective. So they've commissioned a number of projects with their research partners to develop technical innovations with the core aim of delivering affordable solutions that can be deployed directly into communities to reduce the incidence of accidents and deaths due to explosive threats. Aardvark are headquartered in the UK with offices in the United States of America and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. You can find out more about them by going to Aardvark.com dot group, not just about the products and services they provide, but also about the incredible work they do to support the military community and military charities. Go to their website, Aardvark.group, or find them on social media, the Aardvark Group.
0: They don't. It's not something they're passionate about. Mm. You do get you do don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not brandishing everybody the same. And you get some fantastic no, I, no, people yeah. who do want to make a difference, <coughs> change things for the better? But yeah, I think quite often people are just happy, aren't they, to just turn up, do the job, and leave.
1: Yeah, I like to think that's the minimal of occasions. But mm-hmm. when when it is the case, it can have a really negative impact. You know, I'm just thinking because you'll get because because on the the alternative, it's quite often you you know you'll get. A lot of the time, people get promoted for the right reasons, and they end up in positions of power for the right reasons. Yeah, you, get a, absolutely. you get a regimental sergeant major who ends up as a, the RSM of the unit he first started out in, and he's been there all through, and he knows what pissed him off when he was young, and he knows yeah. what, what worked well when he was young, and he knows that he there are other senior ranks who he looked up to and what their quality good qualities were. And he knows the poor ones, are bad qualities were, and he gets in that position, and he and he can he knows how he wants to do things and what he can yeah. and can't change it and those, those are things. good
0: people those, those yeah, are great people. people to be around
1: yeah they're good people yeah they're good people yeah what uh, what's the first 10 months been like have you any f- has there been any flapping flapping flapping
0: yeah i was really fortunate um when i left obviously i've got my qualification to lean on and i got a job offer paying the same senior eight salary on my first interview oh wow so there is no flapping i finished my resettlement on the friday then on the monday i started work in this hospital i don't love it but it pays the bill and i've got so much more freedom now and been able to focus on drawing and painting and the stuff that i enjoy it's brilliant i love it i love being a civvy I'm grateful for all of my life experiences as life with life in a uniform. It's made me who I am now, but um, yeah, ten months as a civvy has been great. It's just it it took maybe I don't know if you found the same maybe six months ish to relax because I was always ready, you know, like on a Sunday to come back. I was on. Um, like twenty-four hours notice to move for the past two years of service, so I was, right, like always have a bag packed for two years. The ODP branch is really drastically under demand. Oh my god! Um, and then the people, so in so the you navy, couldn't
1: go on holiday or anything. Like, couldn't get back. From you the day had hours. to
0: get somebody else to cover you if oh, okay. you were, um, yeah, going away. But it's quite normal. But out of the, so the navy had, 40, when I was in maybe 40, 46 ODPs. But then out of that, the percentage that could actually go to sea and were deployable was about 10 to 15. So it was always the same people getting stung with being on what's called roll two. Oh, so on there's high not high many readiness. ODPs at all then? No, it, the branch is tiny. So I think in the Army is over 100, about 120. Navy, 40-ish. And in the RAF, it's only 12 when I was in. It might have changed now. I think they're actively recruiting. So what, what,
1: what, what roles do you have to cover then? So if, if you were if you waiting to deploy, for example, you deployed. Yeah. What, what is it you're doing?
0: So each, so you've got your big ships. So you've got your two aircraft carriers. And you've got your four RFA ships, which hold hospital. I mean, Royal, Royal Fleet, Fleet, Fleet auxiliary. 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 Yeah. You've got it. <laughs> um, and they're your hospital ships. So you would, they're permanently manned every day of the year, but it'll be one ODP, that's the custodian of the hospital, so in charge of all of the kit. Um, it's it's more of a logistics job when you deploy at sea. Um, you're just in charge of all the kit, make sure it's in date servicing, making sure everything's ready to go. And the team back home are on 24 hours notice to move, so you maintain the hospital, make sure it's current in case there's you know, natural disasters or conflict, and you get sent out. The team will fly out to your ship, to your hospital. You'll have a s- role to a surgical team, so that's your role. Mm. And you're supposed to just do. It was, f- it was four months. Now going up to six months is your rotation, and you're supposed to do one rotation every. Eight I think I think it's supposed to be every three years, but you'd end up deploying coming back, working for a couple of months, and then you'd have to fly back again because it's the same people going to sea all the time. Mm. And that's how a lot of people have left. I think the year I left, we lost about six ODPs, which is, like, catastrophic to something so poorly manned.
1: Did you spend much time on a ship?
0: Um, Only, so I did nearly 10 years in the Navy. I only started deploying in my last three years of service because I was a shore-based medic, and that's part of the reason I wanted to go ODP DP as well, to actually deploy. Because if you get stuck on a base, you kind of get stuck in that practice. Or if you, you qualify and go straight to C, you're then a sea in medic. Or you go and get attached with the boot next, you're, you know, CFSG, that kind of stuff. Um, so only in the last three years, but I deployed every year for the last three years.
1: So yes is the answer to the ship. Yeah,
0: passed. I guess so, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what uh, did you enjoy it what's what's life on the ship like
0: again it's different to the normal navy because you are classes embarked forces because you get your ship's company so when you're in the navy if you go to sea you you know you get your um, what they call it, assignment orders you'll be assigned to that ship for three years or up to five years they're changing it now so your accommodation is on that ship. You get your cabin, you do whatever that ship's long cast is. That's what you're doing for three to five years. But our role, because we're clinical, uh, they don't want you out of practice working in the hospitals. So <coughs> you would work in the hospital for six months uh, alongside NHS, so with civvies in theatres. And then get loaned to the ship, effectively. So you're not part of the ship's company or embark forces. I've lost track of what the original question was.
1: Uh, what has been on the ship like?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So so embark experience... forces that in
1: in embark. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're Embark forces insinuates is the insinuation that th- it, it, you're on there for less time than what yeah. The companies, companies. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: uh, um, so for example, I went to. Bahrain. It ended up being about five months. The embarked forces were the bootnecks for when you're a seagull and they do the I don't know what they do, the shooty stuff and the <laughs> stuff on the on the fast boats, shooty don't they? Stuff, yeah. They're embarked forces. Um, medical teams are embarked forces. Yeah, I think that's it. And then the ship's company are assigned to that ship and they're there for th- three years, whatever. What,
1: what do what do um, Embark forces do on a day-to-day basis because everyone, the ship's company's got a role. They got, you've got their their roles, Yeah,
0: right? and their duties that they have to do. So what do you do? Well, that's the thing. It is, it was a beautiful thing deploying as a ODP custodian because you're your own boss. You have your own department. And you're fully autonomous. So you do whatever the fuck you want. You
1: bought, <laughs> yeah, but there, you can't because so you you're on a ship. <laughs> no,
0: like, oh well, yeah. There is that. You have all trapped on a tin can. In the ocean, <laughs> you just um, so you set up your plan for the week, Monday to Friday, um, and do your equipment checks in the morning. Answer your emails and go to the gym. Oh like, my twice god! A day.
1: That sounds like a life of yeah. luxury. Yeah. So you're
0: hated on board. You're not popular oh, really? because oh, really? they're doing their first like you have your dirty a dirty first aider, <laughs> your duty first aider. Um, you know your chefs are working. Like you get eight hours rolling on, rolling off, and they're just seeing you having a great time. Somebody they have three watches today. I think so. Yeah. They were on QE on the aircraft carrier. They did. Yeah. So what? Uh, don't ask me about normal navy stuff. that? Rela-
1: how do you manage that relationship if they hate you? Oh, you
0: just p- have to get thick skin. <laughs> there was when I de- my first deployment on the aircraft carrier was twenty. 19, I think. And it was the... I can't even remember. Westland, Westland 19. So it was when I went to America in Canada and they were trialing the fast jets. And it was like coalition forces with America. Um, There was a lot of passive aggressiveness. I Go was on. a junior eight then, so I was in a cabin with eight other... Well, seven other girls, maybe in the eighth, And it would...
1: Uh, tell, describe the cabin to me
0: the cabin okay um it's about the length of i've
1: I, i've got no idea what you're explaining to yourself i've never been on a ship you've you not been, been on i've been on a submarine i've never been on a ship
0: you've been on a submarine yeah. how was that awful cramped yeah. oh, i didn't
1: no i did i went on to have a look oh, I, mean, I didn't i didn't deploy with it oh god no i, I didn't deploy with it. it no i didn't deploy with it no yeah, yeah.
0: um so the aircraft carriers, is uh, the accommodation's much nicer than like your type forty five destroyers, your frigates, they're tiny, teeny, tiny. How small are we talking? Well you've got three three bunks. In one cabin. It yeah, but it's the like the length. So I think they're like eighteen man messes. Okay. Some of them have like fifty odd men messes. But in
1: that's basically sleeping accommodation, right? Yeah. Body accommodation, yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. Um and it's like a couple of foot in bet- in between each bunk. So it's teeny tiny.
1: Yeah, okay. Sounds like what the sub was. Yeah. yeah.
0: But on QE, (coughs) the accommodation is really nice. It's about the length of the studio. And.
1: So, about what, 10 foot, 15 foot? Yeah. Yeah,
0: You'd have a TV, which is all right. And then you've got beds either side. So, two here, two here, and then times it again. But they make like, full-size single mattresses, which is unheard of for a ship. Oh, it's really, really nice. Yeah, it's quite roomy. Then you've got your noise-cancelling cancelling curtain <laughs> that you put over. Noise-cancelling so curtain. B- <laughs> it's not. It's not at all. It's just awful. But <laughs> when you want your privacy, you take it over. But do they call it a noise-cancelling yeah. curtain?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that covering?
0: yourself oh, so you've got a bit bed. of privacy oh my yeah, god your bed. Oh, I got it all <laughs> <right>. <laughs> sorry I'm doing a terrible job I was thinking is that covering like the window or something the <laughs> the window window. Window. <laughs> no he's cancelling yeah, oh, you um, don't get yeah. windows unless you're the captain
1: yeah that's the that's the thing with those situations zero zero no, privacy you're always awful. around people you, I mean you say it's awful
0: I, <laughs> it's alright for the first couple of months but when you get into the end of it and end of a deployment you want to I don't know yeah, personally. You get, you, yeah, you, too but much. you get,
1: you get, I mean, it is something you grow to get used to, right? Yeah. I was talking, who was I talking to you recently about Big Brother? Mm. And people say, oh, will go on Big Brother and do that. And they don't realize how difficult a situation is. You are going into a situation, yeah, it looks really cool. All these people. Now you're going in, there's no one else. You can't get away from these people. Mm. Like Big Brother, you're going in as an individual, you are not getting away from anyone else um, until the end of the show, unless, yeah. you, unless you get voted out or whatever. But, you can't go and find your quiet time and get no. the fuck away from people. And that is something that most civvies, most people don't understand how hard that, how hard yeah. that is. It's the same with a ship. It's the same very often with many different parts of the military, of the services. You just, you're confined with people. You have to be around them. You don't yeah. have a choice. And you don't get to pick the personalities you're with. And you have to That's get along with them low. because you are with them for a reason. There's yeah. an objective, there's a mission, there's an aim. Yeah. You know, there's a service you've got to provide. Oh, Nightmare. Yeah nightmare
0: yeah it does get hard did get hard i look back now and i think how on earth did i do that i couldn't bear to be around that many people now
1: how how um how many rules get bent on on a ship oh when you see?
0: <laughs> so many gonna say because yeah. if you're
1: like in a, it's a if you you could end up on a ship which is like a particular culture and well, let's go back to that traditional mindset yeah you know, and the the captain, or the uh, what do they call the uh, what do they call the equivalent of R S M? XO, yeah, yeah. XO, what could be an absolute nightmare, and be throwing that equality book out the window. Mm. For example, <laughs> for example, you know, just a whole uh, just a, a crea- cre- nightmare nightmare time. How'd you get punished when you fuck up on a ship? How'd you get punished?
0: You've got your different tiers. Um, what do you mean? Like depending on how what like depending on how bad the severity yeah, yeah. you've been how naughty you've been well dependent of the it's just a divisional issue you get your maas which is what's that like minor administrative m- administrative action <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which is like your agai isn't it yeah, aga, yeah Um, yeah. and then it'll go up to captain's table so you'll be presented in front of the captain of the ship and they'll decide what to do oh, with you. Oh, that's the most you severe get, one. Yes, yeah. Um, so you'll either get returned to unit or fined or whatever else. Get your rank taken off you. Depends on what you've, what you've been up to. There's a lot of fighting on the last one I was on, Why on the that? aircraft carrier. Why is that? Oh, well, it was the wheel tour on the ship, but it was COVID. So people had seven or eight months trapped on this tin can and. People had volunteered for this and got assigned to it's that show. Just before you got on. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I was on that deployment for the second half. Uh, but all, it was sold as it was going to be this monumental, incredible deployment where you'd get to see Japan, India, Singapore.
1: When did it start?
0: When did it start? Pre-pandemic. Must no, it was, the, it was the height of the pandemic because there were talks of the whole thing being cancelled. Um, so people were stuck on the ship, but the the gyms were shut, so natural like outlets of all this aggression. You e- couldn't go. On the, even on the ship? You on the that. ship. They had one-way systems on the ship. Why? It's a closed unit,
1: though. It's, it's this isolated. Is a great
0: question. Why were they doing that? So, you know, we were talking about earlier, common sense does not prevail. It's one person making a decision. So on we that, ship, on that ship, no
1: one's got COVID, and they're still putting all those rules in place.
0: But then COVID got on the ship. How? I think it was one of the one of the run ashores. They went to Spain quite early on or Italy. And a couple of people brought it back on. And then when it's on it's gonna spread, isn't it? Oh wow. Um but then they were trying to I'm
1: surprised they were allowed to run ashore when when that was going on.
0: Yeah, I think I think they needed it. I think it was about a month in. I could be talking rubbish with my dates, but I think they needed it because the gyms were Shut. It was staggered when you could go to the galley to eat. The shops were shut, so it was really restricted. Shops. The sh- shops. <laughs> shops. Shops. Shopper. Shopper and vending machines.
1: You need to elaborate on this shop. <laughs> go Naffy. on. You're not helping yourself with my you opinion of the n- navy. <laughs> shop. It was what a shop.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Again, like I've been lucky because the. I could only go on the big ships because of the hospital capability. Yeah. So I've been spoiled with my ship life. Um, but yeah, the QE and the Prince of Wales, the other aircraft carrier, have like a full on post office sized shop.
1: Okay, this, got ma- this makes, RFA it makes sense staff. to me that you would need it.
0: Yeah. Right? So oh, I think that full sh- capacity is about 1,600 people. When you.
1: When you said shops, <laughs> yeah, I literally, what flashed in front of oh, my no, eyes no, it was no. like a parade. <laughs> you go down <laughs> some corridor and you've no. got Domino's and you've got, you know, I don't know, WH Smith's and you've got Algonquin. Oh, American
0: on. aircraft carriers have got McDonald's and KFC's and stuff on Jesus them. Jesus
1: Christ. Yeah. There's, don't try and distract me. Go no, on, come, no, back no. <laughs> come back to the shop. Come back to the shop. Well,
0: no, the, all of the things that meant that you could. All of your free will and choices of what you could do and have is all taken off because of COVID. They shut everything down.
1: Hang on. I'm asking about the shop. <laughs> Tell <laughs> me about the shop. <laughs> was what was the shop? You bought this out?
0: Um, noodles.
1: <laughs> okay. Like a naffy. It's yeah, like a naffy. it was a naffy. All right, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah all right. I'll accept that. Maybe I should have blamed. It's it run by civvies?
0: I think they were RFA that were running it. <coughs> But then there was also uh, a cafe there as well that was from the Civies. Okay. Coffee machines and everything. The Haven.
1: Yeah.
0: Again, that was shit.
1: You so not get that on the older ships then?
0: Not, no, not one that I've not ones that I've been on.
1: Do you get issue toothpaste and stuff?
0: No, you have to get your own. You
1: have to buy your own. Mm. That's a bonkers. <laughs> I didn't think that'd be the case.
0: Do you get issued toothpaste? Do you no, say test or tooth? No, but
1: that's a good point. That's a good point. No, you don't get issued toothpaste. <laughs> no, but you would think that when you, de- I'm just thinking right now. If you deploy mm. on an operation, I'm thinking army-wise on yeah. an operation, you should you should be given everything you need to complete that you task. That mm. is actually health and safety law as well. Right. In my, uh, I did have a previous career as a health and safety manager. I won't know that, but I know the ins and outs, yes. So you should be provided everything you need to complete the yeah. task. So you should get toothpaste. Mm. That's interesting. Because you get given lotion, sh- like, you get given insect repellent.
0: Oh, that awful You get given, stuff. you get the same stuff. Yeah, that's sun cream as well. C- factor 30 that yeah. stays on and your body for about was it six it the green weeks? bottle Yeah, yeah. yeah. little <laughs> awful <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> yeah. um, no, the only thing we got issued was vitamin D tablets because we were... When the aircraft, were, the jets, the F-35 jets were flying, you weren't allowed up and for some periods of time it would be three to five weeks.
1: If the F-35s were flying?
0: Because they're so loud because of the noise pollution, you're not allowed out so you will not... It's like being on a submarine. You don't see the light of day for weeks on end.
1: Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Did were you? Were you... Um, were you Did you have anything to do with maintaining the the health of the people on board, generally?
0: So you've got your role one and your role two for medical. So your role one is your primary care. So that's your medics, your GP. You've got your nurses and your dentist. But, excuse me. (laughs) But role two, you're there for life and limb saving surgery. So no, personally, no. Again, that's another reason it was quite cushy, unless Mm. anything was happening, like emergency wise. Were
1: you quite pally with the roll ones?
0: No, they hated us. Oh why? We had a full surgical team. So So a roll
1: one's part of ship's company. Yes. Okay, right, got it.
0: Yeah, so that's part of the reason they don't like you. They see, they forget all of the NHS shifts you have to do, and it's graft. They forget that. so when you go on deployment, it's almost like a little break. People are going to hate me for saying this. <laughs> oh, are you are going to hate me. I'm going to have hate mail coming my way. <laughs> but deployment was a lovely little break from oh the NHS. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Um,
0: yeah. Uh, so, no, they would do, like, your vaccination clinics, um, sick parades in the morning. They would do all of that. We would just do normal roll equipment checks and disappear then. Unless something happened,
1: when the when the restrictions were in for the pandemic,
0: mm.
1: what how did that impact the ship and the way it ran? And how, did you see any change in the way people were, like health-wise, socially, mentally? Because as a healthcare professional, mm. I suppose there be some maybe something you had you were just more sensitive to.
0: I think being in the military makes you naturally you're like a risk taker aren't you and social creatures but when the pandemic got onto the ship everybody was a lot more isolated and some people they had um, isolation cabins where you'd have your meals brought to you and you were only allowed out when everybody in that cabin tested negative so if you had a recurrence some people were in there for t- up to 28 days and it had a real bad effect not everybody made it back from that deployment it was awful what no we had a suicide
1: jesus christ
0: and a couple of attempts as well a few, quite a few people got sent home oh my god it was awful and it's just not it's not how you're supposed to live your life
1: so one is it eight eight, per, eight people in a cabin and if one of those people tested positive, the whole all of the eight people were restricted to that cabin yep. for twenty eight days. Start again. And you can't get out. Yeah, you're so in a box for twenty eight days. Yeah, yeah. That would send you crazy.
0: Yeah, well, it did. It. I, I think this is why they pushed to have that one run ashore at the start of the deployment because people needed needed to get off. Because it's not how you're supposed to live. You like humans are not meant to be in these cramped conditions not socializing not being outside
1: see at least
0: and it's not what they signed up for either uh, it's yeah, not what they thought yeah, at was least happen. when
1: you know I was locked down I could go out for my daily walk yeah I could go into the garden
0: mm.
1: I could open a fucking window
0: how was lockdown for you Are you just at home away from home
1: it, it wasn't It wasn't as bad for me as it was for the people mm. Because of my life circumstances, explained earlier, yeah. I, I was able to travel between two different places. Yeah. Um, uh, I generally found it all right because um, m- my life got a bit simpler. Yeah. Know, which I need. Uh, which I needed. Um, but yeah, I certainly had it easier than most other mm-hmm. people. You know, and and I did send people to Lally. Even I mean, I just can't imagine that being. Not not having not even seen the sunlight for however long yeah. anyway.
0: So your only concept of time is your watch. You're not getting any natural vitamin D.
1: That in itself is really bad. Of course, really big yeah. health issues. I mean, and other people think people don't realize. Yeah. With it, you know, not well. Yeah, not being able to keep you know, your body clock being slightly compromised because you haven't got the sun yeah. rising, setting, telling you what's going on. So your circadian rhythm gets. Yeah. Marked. Rhythm, you've got circadian rhythm as well, haven't you? Yeah, Ciccadian, I know about yeah. the
0: circadian rhythm. Yeah, I think weird. it's circadian as well. Oh, okay. I don't yeah, know I think about so, that.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. But, uh, so what? how would they manage that on the ship to try and keep people sane? Well, what could they do?
0: I don't know. I think this is why people really struggled. Everybody was really angry. And that brings me back to the. Um, What we were talking about was there was a lot of fighting on this deployment because people were so cooped up. It wasn't managed well at all. Then I don't know how you you can manage it.
1: How did you plan for that?
0: Yeah, there 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 were two. There was a division. There were people who wanted to just have life as normal, let everybody get it because it'd be inevitable that people would get it and just be done. Have two weeks where everybody's poorly and then get back to business as usual. And then there were people that were trying their hardest to contain it and minimize it as much as possible. And that's the route that they went down, but it just meant a constant cycle of people getting locked down in these cabins, loo- losing their head, <laughs> and just extended the period of... I'm gonna say suffering, it sounds a bit harsh, but... It, it is, that. it It was, people it were really sad. <laughs>
1: More news from uh, one of our sponsors. Rugby for Heroes have got their final, their last ever Rugby for Heroes Beer and Gin Festival. It is this year. It is on. It is on the seventh, the sixteenth, and seventeenth of June, and it is going to be at Old lemontonians RFC, the venue they've always had the festivals at, uh, and it's going to be an incredible time. So I don't think I can share the agenda yet. But I can guarantee you that you will enjoy it. This is two days of most excellent entertainment. Live music. In fact, there's other other live entertainment going on. I don't think I can describe that yet either. But you're going to enjoy it. There's a fancy dress theme on the weekend. Um, The best way to keep an eye on what's happening and when and how to get tickets, because it's a free event, by the way, is uh, via at Rugby for Heroes. There's social media. At Rugby, number four, Heroes. Rugby for Heroes. So go, go on there, uh, follow Rugby for Heroes, and then as soon as those tickets pop up, get them. I will see you at the event. And uh, bring everyone. Bring your whole fucking village. Mikey doesn't care, Mikey being the person who's organising the event. Old Glems don't care. The more, the merrier. It's going to be a quality event, and it's going to be the last one. So make sure you're there. Raising money for military charities, rugby, beer drinking, gin drinking, food, entertainment, laughter. Why would you not? Why would you not? Why would you not go? Hmm.
0: Oh. Because initially, it, there were talks of cancelling the entire thing, isn't it? Like I said, postponing it, but they just wanted to get on with it. So it was always a risky decision to send sixteen hundred people to sea. Oh,
1: I my think, God. yeah, I think
0: that's it. When for the for those ships, when it's at maximum capacity, I think it's sixteen hundred. I'd have to Google it to so be what sure. So what happened
1: with the rest of the fleet?
0: Um, I don't, I don't know how the other ships did it because we had a support fleet.
1: No, I mean, were they out or were they on deployments? Or were they brought back in, or what was going on?
0: No, they, yeah, they kept going. Yeah.
1: Suppose you could. Well, you got. You can't not have. Yeah. Enable. You'd have persons.
0: your um, you'd have your two weeks of isolation, before joining the ship, and then that ship was your bubble. So it was, life as normal.
1: Man. Yeah, it's not good. Sad to hear like people didn't make it. Yeah, uh, awful. I hadn't even considered any any of that. How how bad it must have been on the mm. ships until he said it. There, yeah. I remember there was a story of you know, there was a there was a story of wasn't there video footage of a ship that was parked up. What you how would you say it? It was alongside. It was alongside the ship. Alongside, parked, parked up.
0: Parked up <laughs> yeah. Get your break on, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, and there was video footage. They were having, they were a they were having a dinner. On the, on oh, the was
0: this a barbecue? It was a barbecue. There was is it? it was a barbecue. They're on the piss. That was the a submarine, yeah. Was it a submarine? I think it was down in Plymouth. It was somewhere, yeah. It was here in yeah, UK. Yeah, and somebody yeah. leaked the footage and it yeah. went
1: Yeah. yeah. nuts. Like, I don't see the issue with that. I don't see the issue Just with that. Just don't have your if phone. If it's in the right circumstances, don't anyone, have your phone, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> it needs to be, like, you can't have you can't have the like, same blanket rule across the board for everyone. not going to work.
0: If you're all in the bubble... In my opinion, you're on the bubble, it's all done your isolation, mm. you're safe. You should be allowed to let off some steam when you can.
1: yeah yeah, you mentioned a certain politician before mm. before us on the icebreaker. interesting when I learned about this year, lady the, the your know, party gate so oh yeah on the same topic and party gate, so Downing Street was often used as a place to test new policies that they wanted, new lockdown policies they wanted to bring in. They wanted to see how they would impact general populace. Okay. So changes, either uh, higher restrictions or lesser restrictions for the Joe public, they would often test them on Downing Street staff to see what the effect was, like more more, um, infections, more people getting ill or whatever. And um, I didn't know that. And... uh, so it was re- we reference to party gate and when they all got when this all came about the the staff so a lot of the junior staff they got because boris johnson didn't get fined did he no. there was a bunch of the senior senior didn't get fined you go. thank you um but the a lot of the junior staff did get fined whereas the, the top brass didn't were involved and which in itself is really fucking poor. It doesn't surprise uh, me. But what at was all. also said was that the instruction for the the party that came down from Johnson basically said, "Yeah, we're going to have this party," and it and it did fall out of line with the current restrictions. But because Downing Street and the staff knew that there was they were a proving ground for some for new or changes to the legislation. Changes to the lockdown rules, the junior staff would have assumed that because it was being said by Johnson that mm-hmm. it fell within whatever rules they were under that time, which weren't necessarily what Joe Public had to follow. So they're like, "Oh, oh, that's fucking cool. Oh, Most people do it then. Yeah, as that's in, oh, that's fine because the boss is go, saying yeah. it. Boss is saying it, and then the not the well, yeah, the irony that they all get done. Yeah, sacked. They get sacked and fined, which a lot of them did, and he and others didn't.
0: And now he's, what is it, quarter of a million, 250 grand in legal fees that he's costing the taxpayer now. Oh, I didn't know for that. For his def- defamation of character from all of this information being released. No. He's been saying he's been framed and it's sabotaged his time as a politi- as a I didn't know this. So yeah. When?
1: I haven't seen this. <laughs> yeah. Where did you read this?
0: Oh, on the news. I don't watch the news. So when you, <laughs> I, don't um, watch news. I don't normally, but it was, it was an article on my phone. Just the hypocrisy is beyond. It's beyond. It makes my blood boil. So if you're, you know, working person, if you earn over 12 and a half grand, you are not um, able to receive free legal aid. But he's sabotaged his own rules during the height of lockdown. He was attending a party, but his legal aid, the bills now at cracking up to 250 grand of the taxpayers money
1: because
0: oh he just can't say sorry That <laughs> was somebody else's fault dirty
1: dirty game dirty. it's a dirty dirty game yeah. um, what happens when you what happens when someone dies in the ship
0: oh there's a there's a whole protocol so the reggies get involved the uh, oh, what sorry reggies the police Reggies? Yeah, what do you call them?
1: Monkeys. Huh? Monkeys.
0: Monkeys.
1: Military police. Quite yeah. Like
0: monkeys, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a All the MPs. MPs, just monkeys. Yeah. yeah, they just hold the body until they can fly them home. I wasn't on ship when that happened, because the medical teams get split in half. So I did the second half of the deployment. So that happened, I think, like, two weeks before. Did did that happen when the cabin was locked down? He was, uh, yeah, but he was on a different ship. He was on one of the supporting ships on the frigate. I think it was HMS Kent he was on.
1: And his cabin was locked down.
0: Um, I don't know about his cabin, but he was was on sentry and then did it. And he then got flown on to our ship and, yeah, into the operating theatre. But obviously there's nothing you can do terrible really sad and he was early 20s really lovely guy
1: yeah I mean I mean just thinking about again those circumstances those circumstances a are on the ship just everything goes to pot yeah everything goes to pot like relationships down the pan Um family y- the knock on effect of family who yeah. can't they may not know with you but they can't see you they can't speak yeah. they're worried about you being on the ship their mental health all goes Pete Tong
0: yeah it maybe maybe you're going to be not normal w- what, time. Happened if,
1: what 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 of people if we're going to be leaving? What are you are you do you end up on the ship if you signed off mm-hmm. to leave the military to leave the navy? Is there a period of time where you don't go on the ship, like the last six months you don't you don't deploy? Uh,
0: I would have thought so. I can only go on my experience. I don't know. Again, like my medical side is not the real military, so I can't tell you for certain. But I I definitely know people who. Being in their resettlement time and being pinged to go on ship. Because the Navy, like everything else, is just drastically demand. And when you've signed the dotted line and you're going, they don't give a shit about you. They'll use and abuse you as much as they can. They'll get their work out of you. Mm. So, yeah. I know people who have done. Whether you're on paper protected. Yeah. But the reality is, yeah, you still get shafted. Yeah.
1: I need a toilet break. Okay, cool. And then we'll go for a button. Get the cans on. Okay. We are back.
0: They yeah. are comfy headphones. Hmm?
1: They're Do comfy. you know what these headphones are? See, there are some people who mock the size on the headphones. Okay. Because they're quite wide, aren't they? Yeah. They're comfy. Um, these are uh, gamers. Gamer, you're right with that. You're Got struggling. It. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> they are uh, they're for the gaming headphones. So they come with a big mic on the side, yeah. Oh, Britney I'd Spears! Cut off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just cut, I cut those off. Yeah, but they work. They're good. They're comfy. Um, right,
0: right. Am I sat in the right place? Now? Yeah, you're
1: fine. Yeah, yeah you're good. Kay. So let's, uh, let's, let's do, let's do Sophie Studio. Okay. Did Sophie Studio start when you were serving?
0: Yes, it did.
1: Because I've seen pictures on your Instagram. I think on your website as well. Where yeah you are definitely not a civvy you were definitely in what looks like naval uniform yeah (laughs) maybe not on a ship
0: yes yeah no so sophie's studio started sophie's studio started (laughs) um about october november 2021 then it was just a painting for an ex and I put it on social media, and then I had quite a few people be like, "Oh, I want one of these because it's a playing card template, isn't it?" um so I then was like, "Oh right, there's a business here well, but why that design why that design it's just it's just something I wanted to do It's just there was uh, two pictures that represented me and him, and I thought it was a good way of combining these like two people It was just a nice template I thought um and then I kept doing the playing cards because it's a v- nice structured image. People know what a playing card looks like and it's customizable and it's it's I don't know, it's just an easy one to go for, isn't it? And you can you've had know, all sorts of designs come through. Um but I like a bit of I like the standardization of having just the card, easy peasy. I do lots of other different commissions of all sorts of pictures and paintings but it's predominantly the playing card
1: but where did the art start when and when did the commission start so 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 how did it get to a point where someone asks you to do art for them
0: yeah um so well like i said it was the the initial sugar skull painting it was a housewoman present um just between me and him Oh, you
1: did it off your own back. Yeah, yeah. Ah, right. It's,
0: painting's always been a hobby. Always, since uh, since before I joined the Navy the second time, I did that art course for a year, the Diploma, Foundation Diploma in Art and Design, just because it was a hobby. and I wanted to learn more about techniques, et cetera. Um, so it's something I've always done in the background. Um, I never would have thought that I'd be coming to this position where it is a fully-fledged business. I never thought people would actually give me money to paint because it's just something I've always done. It's just a, a an outlet and something that calms me down and brings me quite a lot of peace. So yeah, it just the it process. was a very yeah it was a very organic, natural happening.
1: When did you discover that it, that it does that for you?
0: Um, I think I think just subconsciously, it's been a way of. Like almost like meditating, but I never actively thought I'd do this to relax, I've just enjoyed it. But I've noticed since leaving the military, or my time in between waiting to leave the military, I said it was, some, like significant things happened and I felt I needed to do it. That's when I realize it brings like this is actually a coping mechanism as well as a hobby because it's the only time that would stop like the background noise etc so yeah so I did that painting the original painting as a gift in October November and then started trading registered as a sole trader in January 2021 yeah it's been going two years now that was a really roundabout way of answering that question. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's good, no, it's
1: it, no, it's good. Um, what do you think about it makes you calm and cut the noise out?
0: I think you're just concentrating on one thing and it's activating your imagination and tapping into your creative channel and it's expression, isn't it? Um, self-expression. But that half, and it's just between you and I'm gonna sound really lame now. But it's just between you and the paper. Like people write poetry, don't they? And they journal. It's um like cathartic, getting stuff out.
1: So do you do it? Now, do, you, do you have any other creative hobbies apart from the paint? Or is it? Has it, it always been the art?
0: Um, I pl- I play piano as well. I'm quite musical. Um, so that's also a really nice way to turn off as well.
1: You had a focus thing. Do you write, do you write anything? Do you, do, do you write poetry? No, Are you I to? don't no. know. No, why do you say it like that?
0: Uh, No, I, d- I don't mean to. I'm just not that good with words. I think that's why I paint as well, because I, like I've said before, I was so nervous about coming on here because I find it quite stressful to talk about things and discuss things and be put on the spot, etc. But painting is been my way of communicating to others. Uh, my mum used to joke when I was younger, she could tell if I started fancying someone because I'd paint them a picture. Because <laughs> I <laughs> would never l- want to talk about anything. I'd paint and be like, this is how I feel. This is for you.
1: Oh, really? At mm. what age did that, that kind of thing start? Oh, I was, I'd really paint things
0: for my nana my mum. Yeah. Yeah, like Flowers and things that I knew that they liked for my friends' teenagers. Yeah, it's just something I've never even thought that people don't do it. I've always put stuff down on paper.
1: Were you afraid that when when you turn it into a business that you may lose your love of it or not? May you can't have been, I suppose.
0: No, it's just always been... I've felt very... Privilege that people actually want to part money, and I can do it as a business. It's humbling. What I never would have thought it would take off.
1: W- but what about then? So, f- funnily what about? Did you realise that it would end up putting you in social situations that may <laughs> you may not be comfortable <laughs> with? E.g., podcast. No, e. G. never.
0: I never thought people would be interested so are you, in are trying. you ca- are you are
1: you uh, because it's socially awkward, Sophie. Right. Mm. What. Are you so? Do you do you think you're awkward socially? Do you find it uncomfortable in a social situation where you don't know people?
0: I get really bad um, social anxiety. Well, why is that? Why well, that I, I, I I was bullied as a kid, I think, and I have found it hard to naturally connect with people, which is bizarre because when I talk to people, they always say, "Oh, you make me feel very relaxed and offload so much all the time." Um, Yeah, I think, I don't know. I didn't have that many friends as a kid. So maybe it stems from there. My parents were very strict. So I was always worried about getting in trouble and not, like, putting a toe out of line. Maybe from there, I'm not sure.
1: What were the the social anxiety? Like, social anxiety
0: anxiety came from being around people, yeah. And, like, in your... It's something that I'm working through in my like, counselling, being on medication for uh, all of it. So this is a big it's thing. It's that that
1: but really. It has
0: been, yeah. It's something I've really struggled with.
1: Oh my god! I'm glad, right? You didn't tell me this before you came here because I would have been nervous too. <laughs> I'd even like don't mess this up. That's what I was like saying <laughs> on the phone. Destroy like my your
0: palms life. are sweating just <laughs> thinking about this. Oh my god! You well until you
1: just said it this now. You, know, yeah. cute. you wouldn't have noticed. You wouldn't have noticed. Like you. Really? Yes. Oh, I'm so even
0: stressed. off air.
1: Even <laughs> off air. Your level of like nervousness. Yeah. I would. I wasn't thinking. Holy shit! This is unusual. Mm. I I wasn't thinking that at all. Because I, I
0: think that's good. Most people. I try really it's definitely hard. Definitely good. To mask did. it, I try hard to mask
1: it. Oh, don't try to mask. Well, hmm. Well, try and mask, mask what?
0: No, okay, no, not mask. Um. The thing is, to you know not what? to let not let the nervousness show. That's what I try and I try and put a brave face on and put my big boy pants on. But it it's it takes active work to do it.
1: See, I don't see an issue with that, right? If, if at the same time, because people will be thinking, because my initial concern was, don't, why would you mask it? Don't like, you, you know, you should mask things should just, but that's not always true. And so, the way you're, the, the way you're talking, what you've been talking about there, I don't think masking it is bad. If in general, it go, it helps you. Progress to not having to mask it at yeah. all because there's nothing to mask. There's nothing yeah. to mask. You know, in a, in a, in however long down the line from this point, you don't have the social anxiety anymore. But part of that journey was ha- needing to mask it to allow forward progress because.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because you only grow and develop by active work. You have to try. You have to get out of these comfort zones to, ve- to develop and get used to it
1: there is the classic saying isn't there just be yourself just be yourself yeah being yourself is fine if you're comfortable in yourself yeah and well being yourself is fine if you don't have traits about you that can compromise like really important things that are part that you need that you need in life for example the ability to socialize i don't Mm. mean go out and go into a room with twenty people and be the be the butterfly around the room or yeah. just the ability to be okay with conversing with people you don't know. Yeah. Um and it seems to be I, I do I think women more than men have that underlying more underlying anxiety in general that women do than, than men for a bunch of different reasons. We touched on them a little bit in the icebreaker but for that elevated level that you have it can't be it can't be nice to be living with it.
0: Yeah, it's it's much better now. And like like in the icebreaker, asking you questions and what was the advice that you'd give. And it would be to not worry what people think because I think it's quite easy with anybody who has had anxiety or feels anxious. Like some days are absolutely fine and you don't care. But other days it's crippling and you don't want to leave.
1: What are you thinking? When it's crippling, what are you thinking? What's going through your head?
0: Just not good enough. You're not good enough. You shouldn't. What are you doing these kind of thoughts.
1: That's a bit like imposter syndrome.
0: Yeah, I think the imposter st- syndrome is real, yeah.
1: But what about when you came here? What were you thinking? What could possibly go wrong? Because you've listened to the podcast.
0: I have. And what it was could possibly go wrong? really calming to listen to it because you're so friendly and so welcoming. And you made me Only feel... Only in the studio. Outside <laughs> of
1: this, I'm a nightmare.
0: <laughs> approach of <a> caution. <laughs> And you were really good on the phone. I'm glad that we had a phone call a couple of weeks ago to talk about it, what to expect, and everything.
1: Well, here's an interesting one for you, right? So, on that subject, because people who listen to this don't they don't know the process that builds into going into a podcast. So, I've had some experiences in the past. Yeah. Right on the podcast. Okay. We're guests. I won't elaborate so i've had a, occasions where i've had i've had ge- i will elaborate <laughs> i won't elaborate and then i got elaborate God. i've had occasions where i've had a guest in and we've had no conversation at all apart from maybe an email exchange or a text exchange we've never spoken yeah and they've come in and the podcast has been difficult really yeah when i say difficult i mean from my perspective looking at it from i've done what 200 odd now from my perspective, like the, I, I look at it in minute data, uh, minute data a lot of the time. we we'll go over and review things. I know when uh, on a podcast, when it's going, I literally know 30 seconds in, well, no, maybe about like two minutes in, I know how it's going to go throughout. Yeah. And I know straight away if it's, this is going to be a nightmare or this is not. That
0: must be really can, hard can work. It can be hard work to keep because going you can through have, it. Because you can have
1: people with the most amazing story. Yeah. Right? Or just, or be, or, yeah, the most amazing story. And, and well you know I've, uh, you've listened to some of my interviews it's not always people you don't have to come on you with a story it's where they i'm interested to find out more about you mm. basically and true to life some people can spin a yarn so you can have a conversation others can't some people can be great on paper but as soon as you get them in front of a microphone or never never mind microphone as soon as you speak to them in person just in normal they clam up and then it's a problem so I what I do now is if I haven't if there's no if I if it's, I can't prove to myself that this person is 100% gonna be fine on the mic yeah fine on the microphone they're not gonna clam up there's we can have a conversation unless I can prove it then I have a phone call I have to have the phone that's call that's good and you've learn from because experience because yeah. then it's like I look at it, can I strike a rapport, with this, a rapport with this person that's one of the things depending on on why the person's coming on and well that's the main one really can i strike a report? i, I think it can carry a conversation through yeah. for what the target is now generally i try and hit two hours when i haven't got any time constraints um so back to the point about your social anxiety like we had a phone call like you do yourself an injustice because you and i had a phone call conversation and we were chatting away we chatting away for about 20 minutes yeah it was about 20 minutes like, yeah. i didn't i expect to be a few minutes i pulled over and lay by um uh to make the call and, and that was it but no need to be... Like, you don't need to be anxious about I it. I know. It's, like, it's <laughs> I not know like... This. You're like a moron who can't hold a conversation uh. or, you know, hasn't hasn't got something about you. you know? Yeah.
0: So and on why on is it there? Good, On good days, you have the absolute clarity and you're like, you've got good stories. You're nice to be around. Like, it's not a problem. But then on bad days, you think, oh, my God, I'm just a nuisance. Nobody wants me. You're just mean to yourself. I think what people have gone... St- sorry go on I, was gonna th- I think people who have it will like recognize that feeling as well just a bit mean
1: What are the worst what what uh social situations do you find the most difficult
0: being around a big group of people so i've got a few close friends and then like parties that you go to where people that you know you've known for like 10 years but when you're in a big group um i'm waffling now yeah a big big groups of people i think where there's that expectation to have to have a conversation um and they're they're not necessarily interested but it's the like social norm and etiquette to engage in this conversation and you know that I'm not necessarily that interested. I know, but you just have to show face and smile and that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Am I making any sense? It
1: does. Does, but for myself. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I find it. Cause I used to be really um, nothing like that, no. I am now. Used to really low self-esteem, really low self-confidence. It's shocking. Shocking. I couldn't speak to anyone. I couldn't maintain eye contact with people. Really terrible. Um, and now there's some situations where I think sometimes just a mood. And I go, I don't, I do not want to go and be in this place. I don't want to go and speak to people. I don't want to do anything like this. Yeah. But I f- see what it's to do with something to do with a podcast or something business wise. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Networking, I'm not really. Like, if you go to a networking event, for example, where uh, I find those really hard. Yeah. That's like, I feel like a fish out of water.
0: I went to my first one. The worst thing in the
1: world, world for world. me is <laughs> to walk up to a group of people and say, Hi, I'm here and I do this, and just impose myself on them, which is in the networking events, it's kind of expected. Yeah. At the same time, like, no, who the fuck am that I? Is be, who am I to be doing that is the to... whole purpose. Yeah. But if it's for business or a podcast, or, you know, we go into the HR4K event on Sunday um And so there, Ben wants me to help him out with a few things. Okay. Which is going to involve me speaking to every single exhibitor there. Oh no. Yeah, by the looks of it, yeah, every single exhibitor there to do to do some Q and A stuff. But for Ben, now I ain't got a problem with that. Yeah. Because it's like a purpose to it. Yeah. It's not a.
0: And it's a bit more personal, isn't it, when it's just you and that other person.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, true. So how do you get around the situations, those social situations then, where you've got to go and be the person and talk? I bring a friend.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I bring my friend, um, Sam. She's incredible and she knows how weird I can get. So she's always my plus one. And then Alex. What do you mean weird? Freeze up and not talk. And I'll be going to these events for business and I just can't. Because the imposter syndrome is so strong. Holy shit. I think these people aren't going to want to hear about me playing with paints. It's ridiculous. Why would they want to? But I am getting better. And Alex, who dropped me off, he comes to things. Do
1: you mean you'll freeze up in a conversation? So someone will ask you something. So I'm, hey, tell me about your painting stuff. Yeah. And you will oh, be able... ju- I'll
0: just dismiss it. I'll be like, oh, oh yeah, I just love it. I love splashing colour. What, what do you do? Tell me more about you. And just divert. Like, don't want to talk about it. Which is ridiculous when it comes to promoting your own business. It's really hard. Because <laughs> I think nobody wants to know. This is your silly little hobby. What are you playing at? But it's not the case.
1: Yeah, in no, the exactly. It's I not I mean, that's the, the thing, case. isn't it? If someone's asking... If someone's asking, yeah. they're making the effort to ask. Mm. Not, I mean, I mean, they're they're making the effort to ask, not because they think, "Oh, I should not ask, to make me feel better." They're <laughs> making the effort, you know, because they just that <laughs> they're making the effort to ask. It means they want to know about you. Yeah, they want to know about
0: you. I'm a nightmare.
1: They want to know about you. The fact of the matter is, you do something different. You know, yeah. you, you do something different. You do something people admire. You know, and uh, people want to learn more about it, mm. especially with the your background's different as well from most people. Ex military, very different background. Mm. The stuff you produce is different to what other people are putting out. You know, it's uh How Do you think you'll ever get fully comfortable with
0: it? I'm actively working on it. How? Well I'm I've turned up today. <laughs> <laughs> you have turned up. I yeah, mean, up. That's, honestly, did well, that's
1: not turn up cross your mind? yes really?
0: <laughs> really yeah it did and i think that's part of the reason that alex drove me here because i think he knew if he didn't deliver me to the door i would have made my excuses. no way i've been invited on to i think it's four podcasts and i've just made my excuses i've said thank you i've i've made the arrangements in a date and just not been able to oh no just freezing up it's it's a very real problem but it's I'm not a it it's Oh no, I, yeah. I know, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. you're not, yeah. um, but it's self-inflicted in a way, because of your own thoughts getting in the way. But how I'm approaching this now um, is that I'm here to represent Sophie Studio and Limitless and like put that as a different person to me. That's how I'm working on it. So I'm coming to talk about the business which is not me. That yet. Huh? <laughs> no, I know, that yet. I know. How long have we been here? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's how I'm doing it. It's not me. It's the business. Different people.
1: That's how you rationalise, it? Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Sophie and Bethan. Duma. <laughs> <laughs> Still playing. <Duma. Duma. laughs> yeah, goodness me. So, you, so the, you started the business late 2021.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. Are you doing it at
1: the same time as your your day job?
0: January 2021 is when I officially started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's been two years, two and a bit years now. Um, Yeah, and it's been brilliant. But yeah, I do it alongside working as an ODP, which has been too much recently. So I've managed to drop my hours in the hospital because Sophie Studio and Limitless is gaining. a lot more traction, more than I thought it would. So I drop my hours to three days a week in the hospital and then do three days a week art stuff and then Sunday is off. But with the with the goal of being self employed. That's the goal. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it would be lovely. how
1: do you do how'd you do your work? So when do you find a time of day that you find better to, to be creative? Um
0: or? it's usually the evening. I'm a night owl. Sure. A
1: lot of artists aren't they? I uh, Hannah the same, yeah. yeah Hannah she? the same, yeah. Yeah. Um
0: yeah, so in the evenings is just when I like I get like a second awakening, if that makes sense. The brain's more I'm, like, I'm ready, I'm ready to go. I want to chuck paint down and smash a lot of colours together and make something pretty. Um yeah, so it's quite it's quite limiting with working in the hospital because the shifts work shift work is the long days, so it's it's usually eight till six, seven till six, but it almost always runs over. So I'll be getting back home eight nine o'clock at night, um, which isn't too bad now I've dropped my hours down. It's a lot more manageable because I've got the three days now dedicated to the artwork, but before I like, overwinter... oh my god, it was hideous with the dark nights as oh well. Yeah. It was hard work, but yeah, making the right, taking the right steps to make everything a lot more manageable.
1: Why did you? Why are you surprised that it's going, it's growing, and you were able to reduce your day job hours when you also made the decision to try and turn it into a business? You must have had some. (laughs) You must have had some. uh, uh, I think confidence um, it would take off there.
0: Well, because originally it was pocket money. And it was just a nice to have, and for I earn over X amount, and then you have to become a sole trader. And I earn over that, and I was like, oh, okay, right. So this is a business now. It's not just a hobby. <clears throat> um, and it's it's nice. Yeah, I don't know. It it just ha- is a. What's that artist? Bob Ross. Have you seen <laughs> Bob him? Bob Ross. Oh, and yes, he, and he Barbara. makes a mistake it, but it's a happy little accident,
1: yeah, Barbara. Sophie Studios
0: is a happy little accident <laughs> <Barbara>. <laughs> and it makes me very happy, but with the limitless now, which is a byproduct from Sophie Studio and the people that I've spoken to and connected with explain uh,
1: limitless, explain limitless
0: okay, so limitless is so Sophie Studios all customer artwork designed, like decided by the customer, and it's I've always pushed that it's to tell that person's story. Um, Cause like I've said, like, that's how I express myself is if I like someone or I'm feeling a certain way, I'll, I'll paint it down. Um, so that's, it's always been customized to, and un- un- unaffordable as well, for people to have their living rooms, bedrooms, man caves. Um, one of my customers is Jack, who I mentioned in the icebreaker he ordered one and we just got talking. much like we started talking it ended up being a 20 minute half an hour phone call it was to talk about some artwork and then he was telling me about uh, he'd lost his leg and I just made the joke oh you should have let me scribble on your leg and he was like fuck yeah on the prosthetic yeah Yeah, on his prosthetic leg he was like yeah why why not so that's how it happened again another happy little accident (laughs) it's just working it's just working and since then um so that was that was beginning of last year i've just been growing it and speaking to amputees and discussing it with them if that's a service that they would like and it's not been done yet and um you'll have seen i've got a lot of tattoos i like to express myself through it and it just to me, it felt obvious that this should happen, like, just because somebody's, you know, got three limbs missing doesn't mean they should be defined by that. They should be able to express themselves. So, mm. hence the custom artwork straight onto the sockets of the prosthetics.
1: You're the first person, instantly I've seen with a tattoo in the palm of your hand, by the way.
0: Am I? Yeah. Well, I always get asked it's about cool. it. Yeah, it's very cool. Thank um, you.
1: So, did... did Uh, Who was it, the first guy? Jack. Jack, 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 sorry. Did Jack, so what happened? Did he send you the prosthetic leg?
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's got a couple. Yeah. Um, It's not his best one, but it was my first time doing it. It was all airbrush art. Um, So totally, totally different kettle of fish from what I'm used to. So he, it was experimental for both of us. Um, So he told me what he wanted, which was a flamingo. And then you just said, you've got free reign, do whatever you want.
1: Why did he want the flamingo? Because
0: they stand on one leg. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he, had to, <laughs> he had to explain it to me as well. I was like, oh, yeah, obviously. Good, yeah. I was puzzling, yeah. I was puzzling over it. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, so, yeah, just had loads of fun with it. And I went to somebody else's studio and I did a course. So they, this studio went to is um, amazing body shop work. Uh, Skidlids, he's in reddin They do I've helmets. Heard of skid lids. I've heard of Skidlids. Oh, his yeah. stuff is incredible. So I booked on with him to do a two-day course to just learn about airbrushing, and I took the prosthetic with me. I was like, "Help me!" <laughs> um, I know this is really weird and it was not expected, but he—how oh, did
1: he receive that then? Really he well.
0: He—he um, he was like, "I've never seen this before, but like, kudos! This is a great idea." Yeah. Um, that, was, that was a year ago, this week, actually. So yep. it's taken this long to just raise the funds and everything to build a studio and get it ready. Um, yeah, so it, that's, that's where it all stemmed from, with Jack and taking that leg to the studio to learn. And this, what was his name? I think his name is Ian from Skidlids, just embraced it and helped me go get, it, get it straight on and then free-handed the Flamingo. And it's gone from there. And it's been raising awareness um, for the past year, making putting it on people's radars, and people are quite keen for it. And it's quite nice now for the artwork, which is um, I've always been passionate about painting and drawing and artwork. But it's nice for it to have a purpose now, which will directly benefit people, because uh, the the amputees that I've spoken to is quite a few. Absolutely love it which is really nice. Gives me the warm and fuzzies. It's
1: cool. I think up to this point, for an amputee to be able to customise in inverted commas their, their... I don't know why it's inverted commas. No, it's to customise their, their legs. It's like, well, the, what I would see from the people I know are yeah. amputees, stickers it's and stickers, stuff like
0: um, that. You can get... um, Oh, what's it called? When they dip it in the water, Hydro Wrap, is Oh,
1: okay, it? yeah, yeah.
0: But they're like predetermined pans that you can choose from. Um, and you can get... As well, like shin pads, this is what they look like. They yeah. clip on, so you can take them off and swap them over. But they're all very, very expensive as well. Oh, really? Again, same with the artwork with Sophie Studio. I just want to make it affordable. Like, I'm just a normal person making normal art for normal people. I don't want it to be ridiculous. Um, and that's the same avenue I'm going down with Limitless, just making it affordable. Like tattoo work, similar pricing, et cetera. So I was um, in the pub yesterday in Cardiff and I approached an amputee. Again, it was Alex being like, go and speak to them. Oh, was it was a random amputee in the pub? At the bar, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was on his own and um, I was like, oh, fine, I'm just going to speak to him. And it was, I'm so glad that I did because we ended up talking for about half an hour. Um, and it's just so sad because he, he got blown up in Ireland. And that's how he lost his leg.
1: As in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. My he that, the so okay, yeah. He was in the army. He was in his He was in
0: his 60s, Yeah. Um, and I was talking to him about it. And he said there's something similar, a company doing something similar, but again, it's the clip ons. And they're charging four and a half thousand pounds.
1: So for a custom clip on?
0: Cl- yeah, custom clip on. <laughs> 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 and it's not hand painted or anything, it's pressed, 3D mold pressed on. Yeah. So this is
1: four and a half grand.
0: R- just rude.
1: Sounds <laughs> like exploitation to <laughs> me.
0: Yeah, yeah, big time. somebody's a b-
1: how long did it take you to do? How long did it take you to do Jack's leg?
0: Um, that took a week, all in all, to allow for drying time. So when people will send me their leg, I'm gonna give it a two week or arms, whatever, um, give it a two week window to allow for all the prep. Because the clear coat takes twenty-four hours to dry, and then you do the design on top, and then clear coat on top, and buff it, polish it, everything.
1: How does it stand up to any flexing of the material when they're wearing it? Or is it rigid? Or the socket—it's it's on the, the socket, going, right? Yeah, yeah, it's
0: on the socket. For most for <coughs> veterans, they get carbon fibre. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. NHS, it's more plastic, um, but it's the same—it's the same process as bodywork for cars and bikes and helmets. So yeah. it's bombers. Yeah, which
1: do, yeah. you, do you, you enjoy doing more? The Sophie Studio work or the Limitless work?
0: I... Or do you not want to say? <laughs> I, li- I like them both. I'm humbled by both. Um, I think I'm more excited about Limitless and what it can grow into because it's just gonna be a really positive experience for everybody involved. Why um, is that? Go on. Um, well, so speaking to this guy yesterday, um, so I, w- I want to grow Limitless to not be just about the artwork, I want it to be about inclusivity and breaking down the barrier and the unconscious bias that people have towards disabled people, veterans or not. There is people are intimidated because it looks different and different is scary. And it happens. And when I was speaking to this guy in the pub yesterday, he—it was so sad because he said he goes to that pub all the time, but it's the first time he's e- he's spoken to someone in three weeks because people look, people stare, but people never approach him. They don't want to talk to him because it's different. Yeah. Yeah. You don't agree?
1: No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I, I, no, in that. In that scenario, I mean, if you're on your own in a pub. It's sad that he thinks that way. Mm. Totally sad and he thinks yeah. that way because of his leg. But if you're on your own in a pub, who's gonna approach you anyway? If you're a bloke? The blokes don't get approached. Blokes um, do not get approached and spoken to by strangers. Women do. Blokes don't. Yeah. But okay. but not, this is not to dismiss what yeah. you saying. Sorry. This is not to dismiss what he's saying. Because this is this is something that yeah. is in his head.
0: Yeah, and he feels it uh, And if of it's in his head and he feels it then it's yeah. real to him. Yeah, right? definitely. Um
1: so does uh, he feel like the leg would be a talking point then?
0: Yeah, he and what I was saying to him is that I want to change the narrative around what it is. We can peop, it's going to draw people's attention because like we said it's different. Mm. Um it it's an anomaly for people to see that, but if people see the artwork, they can talk about that and then conversations can naturally develop onto how it happened that and just true, yeah. take the yeah. stigma away from it. But yeah. he seemed keen, and the other people I've spoken to seemed really keen. I want to be clear. I yeah. did not mean to dismiss that at all. Oh, I was no, I know, don't I, think you did. I, I, no, I can it, see your point. Yeah, it's, like the perception of,
1: it's like the perception of someone who's not happy about something. Yeah. And then, you know, just their understanding of it. But I, I can say, like, blokes, yeah, blokes don't get approached unless there's something very different about them. <laughs>
0: and, and maybe approach yeah. is the wrong word, but just having general chit-chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He feels yeah. like he gets avoided.
1: It's probably whether, true. whether yeah. it's
0: true or not, it's it's no, his reality, I mean, so. yeah.
1: I mean, was he sat at the bar?
0: Mm.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, sat at the bar, you're gonna get chatted to most of the time. Mm. You? If he sat at the bar, someone's gonna, someone, regardless, of his death, is gonna chat to you, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, when you were talking just before I went in and didn't like uh sabotage that point that good point you were making. <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: um, no, no, you didn't, it's
1: fine. Uh, I for some reason at the moment, I'm really conscious about what people who are disabled think when i'm walking past them based on what I, I that's it if you enjoyed this episode why not become a hr patron hr patrons get exclusive access to premium content there are private interviews with previous guests and with this guest that nobody will see except for the Hour patrons so before this podcast was recorded I recorded an exclusive Q&A, a a shorter interview, structured around eight questions. All the questions were chosen by patrons beforehand, and that interview is online now for patrons. That happens every time. Patrons also get access to all of the episodes before anyone else. They get advanced viewing of the episodes. And you also get other perks and bonuses. All of the information is on charliecharlie1.com. Just hit the menu item become a patron it'll show you everything there including access to the hr discord community and private patron only channels on there so go to charliecharlie1.com and hit the menu item become a patron easy peasy thank you for being a supporter subscribe to the channel and i will catch you on the next episode